What's going on, guys? I just want to let you know that I am a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. If you like this show, and if you're listening to this, I really hope you do, go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com for more shows like this one. We've got shows like Breaking the Panel. They talk about all the hot topics in comic books today. We've got Botched, a D&D podcast. A bunch of friends get together, get trashed, and go through the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons. We have Pokemon Go. We have Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have DC On Screen. We have Booze and Phasers. A show done by our lovely ladies that drink wine and talk about Star Trek. It's pretty cool, right? Uh, Many other shows. Please go there and check that out. And uh, as always, like the Blazing Defender Report. And now for your listening pleasure, the Blazing Defender Report with your host, Travis Jones. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Blazing Defender Report, episode number 63. I can't believe it either, guys. What's going on? I want to give a big, huge shout out right now to my man, Casey Strohs, the man in the chair today, helping me do the OBS, and he's going to be putting up the all the graphics and everything for you guys to check out. I mean, this looks amazing. It's all Casey's doing. So big round of applause for my man, Casey. Thank you, sir. Uh, guys, got a pretty big show for you. Uh, I've got a lot of comic books here to talk about. My throat is a little scratchy right now. Everybody in America is sick, so I'm just waiting for my mutant healing factor to kick in so I can knock this shit out. But I do have some poo hair tea and a cough drop, and hopefully I won't lose my voice too much. Um, Yeah. Hey, always, guys, mad props to you guys for being in the chat room. I love it. I love seeing guys pop in. I love seeing guys introduce each other. Hey, what's going on, Marcos? Hey, John. I love the community. Um, You got something for this sore throat, Dennis? I bet you did. Here, let me get ready. Put it right here. You got lots of room to work with. No, hey, I always love seeing the chat, guys. Um, Happy National Boy Scout Day. And that's for Dennis. I know he's a big Boy Scout uh, so I'm sure Dennis is partying with a bunch of other little scouts running around his house. No telling what's going on there. Uh, don't need a webcam in that room today. But, hey, I've, I can finally, like, I think legally announce without Charles McFall putting me on probation or something. We have a new show to the network, to the Giant Size Team Up Network, which I am a proud, proud member of, and Casey is as well. Uh, he's one of the co-hosts on Breaking the Panel. Geek versus is one of the new shows on the network. I'm going to give them a big shout-out. Uh, check those guys out. Uh, they talk about a lot of stuff. Um, I was just kind of going through their feed the other day and looking at some of the some of the co- or, uh, I'm sorry, some of the topics that they cover. It looks really interesting. I haven't had a, a chance to check plan on doing that, but I'm sure it's a great show if they're on this network. Uh, check them out. Check out Breaking the Panel. Check out Botched, my boys that run a D&D podcast. It's fantastic. It's, it's one of it's, it's one of my weekly or whenever it comes out. It's one of my episodes that I always listen to on my way to work or the way to the gym or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, the OBS setup, guys, you got to hear a lot of you have never heard the theme song before because you don't listen to me on iTunes, which I don't know why. But you like the video stuff. I get it. It's cool. 
that uh, stuff by Mike Woodard, who does a fantastic job producing the show. He actually came up with that. So really, really cool. Another show I want to talk about really, really quick, Toy Power. Guys, you've got to check this show out. Um, it's it's Australian. Is that, is that a, not Australian accent? That was horrible. But they're Aussies, and they talk about toys and collectibles. <clears throat> oh, see? It's already hit me. Thanks, Dennis. I got one of your things in my throat. Um, but, yeah, check them out, Toy Power. It's a great, great show. Uh, I've listened to it a few times. Those guys are pretty funny, too, actually. Um, and really, really quick, Collector Zone, guys. Um, I, I want everybody to go to Collector Zone Cantina. It's a fantastic um, community. They have a great, great community. It's fantastic. It's a great community for collectors. Um, and plus, guys, you're going to get a discount when any, anytime Collector Zone Cantina, and you're going to have one-on-one interaction which is really, really, really cool. Oh, yeah, check that out. You're going to love it. I promise you're going to love it. Ah, That's it, really. Um, Oh, no, it's really not. Patreon. I have a Patreon coming out. Um, uh, Dennis uh, is is really helping me get my Patreon going. I really appreciate the help. Um, I've kind of had mixed feelings on Patreon in uh, in the past, and it's something that... I don't know that I, 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 I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it. And you guys are for, for supporting the show, supporting me and supporting the show, are going to help the show grow and uh, help me maybe get to some cons, interview some, some, some bigger names. Um, and you're going to get some access to me, which I think is, 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 a, pretty, is a pretty cool thing. So, you know, check it out. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to want to, I don't know if you're going to want it to, but it's, uh, it's going to be fun, man. You're going to want to see it and it should be up hopefully on Monday. Uh, we're working on it right now. So that's really cool, but that's coming. So, you know, be looking out for that. I'll post it on the, on the page, uh, whenever I get it done. But first of all, I want to talk about two movie trailers that dropped it this week, guys. I know everybody seen the Deadpool trailer. Pretty cool, right? Um, fantastic trailer. And I, we were going to show it like live, but uh, my man in the chair, uh, which he, he, he calls the shots, guys. The man in the chair has got power, let me tell you. Um, he thinks there could be a problem with maybe some. some so we really don't want any cease and desist letters um so we're not going to play the trailer which is kind of what i was wanting to do but um man if if you if you go through that trailer which i know some of you have with with fine tooth comb because i know you've watched it a hundred times just like i have um you're gonna find some easter eggs in it and um one of the things i've been trying to find out is what is going on with cable and that fucking teddy bear what's going on with that i have no idea no idea whatsoever what's going on with that teddy bear uh, some people think it could be a hint to hope which is cable's daughter which could make an appearance in the movie uh, if that's if that's going to happen or not uh jason jones says he's watched it 105 times i do not doubt that one one 
minute, one second. I don't doubt you've watched it that many times. So, Jason, you'd be a good guy since you're in the chat. You may know some of this. Um, it looks like from from the look of the trailer that Cable's breaking mutants out of some kind of containment center, um, which is pretty damn cool. You can kind of see they've got some collars on in one shot. You can actually see like the red light. And then there's like a, a shot of a little fat kid at the end who's like kind of giving the finger and he's got one on as well. So uh, I think that's what Cable's doing. But there's also a scene where it looks like Deadpool is in the, in the in the mix as well. Uh, and he's fighting Cable. I don't know why he would be fighting Cable if Cable's trying to break him out. But he is Deadpool. So who the hell knows what's going on? Um, so, but what I really wanted to, sh to talk about is there's a, a half a second shot and Casey has, has graciously put it up on the side there, um, to the right, it's, it's the actor Terry Crews and I'm not sure who he's playing. Um, I'm, I was like, who the hell is that? He looks cool. Not sure who that is. I don't know if that's mutant X or not. I guess it could be. Uh, and then what is even more shocking to me is the guy directly behind him. It'd be to it'd be on our right, and that dude is Shatterstar. Which Shatterstar is Rob Liefeld. There we go. That's a great shot of Terry. Um, yeah, I don't know who he is. I don't know if he's uh, uh, not Weapon X, but uh, Mutant X. I don't know if that's who he is or not. Uh, but there's a there's a shot right here, um, which that that's in the if you if you if you zoom in on it, this guy back here, he's got the helmet on and everything. That's Shatterstar. And that's crazy to me that there's a Shatterstar in this movie. But, hey, it's Rob Liefeld and he it's probably going to look amazing, honestly. And then on our, our left, Deadpool's right. You're going to see Domino. And I'm not sure who that is behind Domino. She's kind of got like a mask over her face and stuff. Not sure who that is. But they're loaded down for bear. There. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, the man in the chair has popped it up. There's a little bit of delay for me. So you guys may have seen it before I did. But, uh, I mean, if that ain't Rob Liefeld, there never was. So, very cool. Uh, a lot of stuff in that Deadpool trailer. Um. Let's see here. That Shatterstar. Oh, and man, Dopender. I'm so glad Dopender's back. I don't know if Dopender was going to get out of Deadpool 1 or not with, uh, you know, him getting his love back and taking care of the, his arrival uh, after, you know, he took some. He, there it is. Yeah, see, <clears throat> I see it now. Yeah, there, this, is, of course, is Dead, or uh, I'm sorry, Domino. And this person back here, I'm not sure who that is. Uh, it's not Negasonic Teenage Warhead, which there's a great shot of her um, <clears throat> in this trailer. Let her hair grow out. looks really good. I'm really, really hoping we see Gina Carano in this. Um, you know, Deadpool kind of saved her ass. or I, I'm sorry, Colossus kind of drug her ass out of the fire in Deadpool 1. So I'm really hoping we see her because uh, I'm just a fucking huge Gina Carano fan. I think she's amazing. So I'd really like to see her. But, I mean, come on, guys. Well, on on the excitometer, what is this fucking trailer? Is it like a fucking 2000? Yeah, it is. I mean, we're excited. He's already broke the fourth wall in the trailer. Cable looks amazing. And let me be the first one. I love it when I'm wrong. Uh, I'm wrong a lot. So I love it a lot, right? But I'm so excited 
for Josh Brolin to be Cable. He looks fan-fucking-tastic. He bought in. He got in shape. The haircut, the eye, the arm, it all looks fantastic. And that shot where he's jumping over the truck, I mean, man, it just—it looks amazing. Can't wait for this uh, movie, which is, I believe it's uh, May 18th. Uh, so, yeah, really excited about Deadpool, which I know all you are. Uh, yes, Jason, Gina is the shit. I love her. Do, do you think they were revealing the movie or the next of Cable's <laughs> actually Thanos? Uh, let me tell you something about that theory. Um, Dennis is probably drunk, which it's okay. It, with a movie that involves time travel, anything is fucking possible. That's all I'll say. Anything's possible. And that's something that we really haven't seen how they're going to do. For those of you, those of you that don't know, Cable is a time traveler. He uses a device called the body slide, uh, which um, allows him to, to go between dimensions. Or, I'm sorry, between stuff in the in the Deadpool trailer can't wait for it now let's talk about yeah yeah Dennis I get it uh I had a guy text me actually today Dennis said I'm not drunk but it's the same actors all I'm saying yeah I get it uh a guy texts me today and goes what the hell man Thanos is cable that's bullshit I didn't like it either I'll be honest uh I'm like he's already uh a character but, you know, he's kind of unrecognizable as he's really a voice. Um, but, yeah, I get it. And especially, like, if we're talking about merging characters in the next 10 years, how's it going to play out? Don't worry about it. They'll figure it out. Um, Josh Boland's a fantastic actor, and I think he's going to make a great, great cable. So, And Thanos will probably be dead at the end of Infinity Wars anyway, or gone or whatever. So, um, now, great trailer. Let's talk about a trailer that maybe wasn't so fantastic the venom trailer um i am a huge tom hardy fan when i found out that tom hardy was going to play venom i no one was more excited than me like i love him on peaky blinders i loved him in dunkirk he's just he's great it's i don't think he makes a bad a bad movie uh yes thank you for the graphic um so you you give us a teaser, teaser trailer. I get it. I get it. It's a teaser trailer. It's meant to get you excited. And they show us absolutely none of Venom. Like there's like a split second when when Hardy's going through his seizure that you see the black creeping up on his neck. Okay? That's all we get. And then we see it kind of the 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 symbiote kind of gelling or bouncing around or whatever it is doing in that in that uh that container that containment container um so but i'll be honest um they may be going in a different direction with this movie kind of like maybe like a logan making it more of a a horror type picture I'm not, I'm not sure what they what they plan on doing with it to be honest so um i'm really really excited for it even though i wish the trailer was a little bit better i'm still really excited for this movie uh what do you guys think i'm thinking that it's going to be fantastic I, as long as they let tom hardy do his thing I, i've heard the screenplay is really good but i've also heard that it's kind of out of left field so i'm cool with that i'm really really cool with that like 
let's let's break it up a little bit. They did it with Logan. A lot of people may have been worried about that going the indie route with the low budget and all that, and the same way, you know, Deadpool's kind of a kind of changed the genre on us a little bit too by making fun of the fourth wall and 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 just and being a kind of a parody of himself. So I'm all about taking chances, and uh, they couldn't have had a better actor than Tom Hardy. Um, but yeah, so let me know what you guys think about the trailers. You know, uh, the next Venom trailer. We better get some goddamn Venom, or I think there will be a riot on our hands. Uh, but comic books, comic books that came out yesterday, guys. I got a stack here. Um, uh, man in the chair, doesn't matter which one goes first. Let's see here. All right. I'll do, let me do, I'll do this one. Um, Swamp Thing. Okay. Um, for those of you all know, uh, Jason Fabok friend of the show um I, I met jason big sam that i do meet hits on movies with big sam and i met jason Fabok. oh we're doing star wars okay we could do star wars man the chair man the chair has power guys i'm just saying we can do fucking star wars i i'm, I'm more than ready oh now we're back to swamp thing let's do swamp thing okay great idea <laughs> oh man this is awesome i love it okay I love having a man in the chair. Everybody should have a fucking man in the chair. It's awesome. All right, Swamp Thing Winter Special. Now, if you does it have the price? It does not. That's funny. The graphic doesn't have the price on it. It is seven ninety nine. That's eight bucks. All right, that is a very hefty price. Uh, I'm not going to recommend this book to everyone. Uh, if you're a Swamp Thing fan, this is a must have. It really is a must have. And here's why. One of the best writers in the game right now, Tom King, and one of the great, one of the best, I mean, most fucking fantastic artists, up and coming artists right now, Jason Fabok. And Fabok is cool as hell. Okay. His dad was captain on Fire Department, which doesn't make him cool. But uh, like I said, Big Sam and I really had a great conversation with him one day. He hung out, he just, you know, just was a guy a big fan of, of all this stuff. And I know he had a great time. I can tell by the artwork in this, this thing that he had a fantastic time doing a swamp thing. I mean, look at that cover. I mean, that detail and it's all through this book. Now what Tom King has done here is he has create like I, I, Tom King's writing is is so unique and so unlike any other comic book writer maybe I've ever read. And what he does is is he he starts a journey and you have no idea. Like a lot of times you have no idea where it's going. You're enjoying it nonetheless. It's kind of like Sucker Punch for me, the movie. Like I had no I still to this day really don't know what happened in Sucker Punch, but visually it was so stunning. I I I loved it. And what Tom King does is he gets on these books with great fucking artist which really helped him tell his story because the artwork is keeping you engaged and as good as this book is the story is actually to me kind of the winner here because of what he does visually i wonder what this book would have been like without the dialogue i still think if if, if they had come out with a director's cut with no dialogue I wonder how powerful it would have been because Fabok kind of tells the story visually even without uh, King's King's words. Um, but 
the, yeah, this is a great, yeah, the, it's the, it's, is what the book's called. Now, this is where, all right, let me, I'll set the premise for you. I, I want, I don't want to spoil the ending because the ending was fantastic. So you got Swamp Thing and he's carrying this child that you see in this graphic right here. Okay. And it's snowing and the, the Swamp Thing is the green as he calls it. Okay. He gets his power from there. And when there's no green, it makes Swamp Thing weaker. All right. So he's, he has this child and it's like every page, this child is telling Swamp Thing, you're a hero, man. He, he's fighting a snow monster. Okay. And he keeps telling him, you're a hero. You saved me. This snow monster almost got you last time. Dude, if you hadn't kicked him, he would have killed you. And Swamp Thing's like, I, I am going to, I'm, I'm going to protect you. Like, it's, and as this story goes, every other page is this conversation. So you start to think, are we in a time loop? What's going on here? So then as the, as the story progresses, Swamp Thing is getting smaller. He's, it's like his muscles are atrophying because he doesn't have uh, he, he doesn't have any he's not eating protein or something like if he was a bodybuilder or something like that. Right. So but it's because of the green. He's been kept away from the green. OK, so he starts to figure it out. It's like he even says, I'm not thinking right, like I'm being clouded. So he gets so shrunken up. It's he starts to figure it out. He knows you never you never see this the snow monster per se. Okay, so you don't know who his nemesis is. And then at the very end, Swamp Thing figures it out. And you're like, holy shit. And he's a hero, but he's really put in a bad situation. What does he do here? It's a fantastic story. I don't want to say anymore. Because it's it's that good. I mean, but at eight dollars, it's not eight dollars good. I give it a seven and a half. Um, I know it got really really high marks on IGN. I ain't IGN big Faybot fan. Uh, I would have bought it just for his interiors. Uh, but hey, if you got a ten spot you want to shoot, this this book will actually not be too bad to collect because of Faybot and Tom King. Unless they do something else in the past. What about this? Oh, yes. There you go. That's a great. Yeah. Uh, and there's action, too. Don't get me wrong. That's not just him walking around in the snow. It's a bear, obviously, right here. And then there's a group of hunters that are being affected by the snow. They're, they're, they're ultra violent. And they, they just want to kill shit. Because of the snow. Now, what's causing the snow, right? That's what I'm not going to tell you. But, yes, that is a fantastic uh, a graphic. And, and, I mean, this artwork, man. Just come on, man. The artwork is just it's gorgeous. So, yeah, go out. get get If you got 10 or, you know, it's 8 bucks, guys. So, it's 80 pages. And what you get in the back is you get a, um, a Batman Grundy story. Uh, with Kelly Jones doing the pencils and Lynn Wynn, who's doing the story. Uh, it's an okay story, so it doesn't justify the $8 mark. Um, I really wish this book was like 5 bucks and it had just been the Tom King Faybox story. But it's not, but there it is. Um, really good. It is really good. Swamp Thing fans, you got to have it. All right. Uh, now, Star Wars.
Da-da-da. I'm sure he's going to put up the graphic. All right. By Karen Gillan and Salvador La Roca. I love saying his name, even though I don't like seeing his artwork. Okay, guys. Uh, the Star Wars books, they're hurting me. Uh, and I'll tell you why. I love Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron was the writer on this book. He left the book because he does everything. So I don't know what he's working on now, but uh, they put Karen Gillan. I was cool with that because Karen Gillan's did some great st- He has done some great stuff on Vader. Um, he, he did, um, I don't know if he did the Poe Dameron book or not, but he's done another Star Wars book. It escapes me right now, but he's did well on all of them, right? So I figure he's the perfect fit for this. Um, it's not been so much. Um, we're really dealing with Fallout from Rogue One, the movie, which is really cool, right? Like, we've been waiting for movies to come into the comic books and vice versa. Definitely vice versa. But now, you know, we've got this story where they're dealing with Rogue One, the Empire's heir to harvest kyber crystals. Um, you know, Han, Leia, Luke, they're doing their thing. And every issue, I think we're like four or five issues into the story arc now. Every issue deals with them uh, coming to terms what um, Jane Urso uh, Jane and them did in Rogue One, the, the sacrifice that they made to get these, these Vader plans, the Death Star plans to Luke and, and the Rebellion so they could take out the Death Star. It was really cool the first two issues. I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, this, this book is... Casey, I don't know if you want to pull up uh, one of Salvador LaRocca's famous uh, style or lifelike uh, images. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I'm looking. There's several. I'm trying to find like a really good one to show the guys what we're talking about. Yeah, there's one. Uh, hell, there's not even page numbers on here. But it's one of Leia. She's right in front of the Millennium Falcon. And you've got comic book art. And then you have this realistic face it's jarring it's and you know it's uh it's just not good his artwork's just not good i love the way he draws ships uh tie fighters and millennium falcons it's fantastic i I think he's really good at that but when it comes to interiors when it comes to action stuff it's just not good um maybe one of the weakest outputs for me uh, this week, and maybe this uh, this will be my lowest rating on this Star Wars book. This is issue 43 in 43 fucking issues. Uh, I'm going to give it a six, uh, six and a half at the most, uh, because it is progressing a story from the movie. So I'm cool with that, but it's just not good, man. I'm sorry. It's just not good. So maybe when this story arcs over, they'll get into something else. That is a perfect image. Uh, and you can climb it up to Furball. What's next, Princess? I mean, he has the voice. Karen Gillan has the voice of these characters. This story just hasn't been that good. And then you've got artwork like this. Now, if you're not a comic book fan and you see artwork like this, you might be like, well, I think it looks kind of cool. Hey, fan-fucking-tastic. You go with it. Star Wars is your book then, okay? I'm just saying I think it's jarring. It's it, it doesn't fit the whole scheme of what he what what he's doing in the comic book, yeah. So I don't know. It's just you know like he draws space and like I say he draws spaceships really really cool, 
but you know, it's just not that. It's just not that good. This book has been so fantastic, guys. And, and you know, you all watch the show. If yes, that is a perfect image. Look, that's just not good. That's not good. Um, it's just not good, man. Sorry. I've said that enough. We're, we're moving on. We're moving on to Star Wars. Um, I, I love Star Wars. You know I do. I've loved this book, and it's become like one of my least favorite books now I pick up every week. So 6, 6.5. All right. Let's get to some good shit here. I'm going to get to one that Casey's probably really wanting to know about. Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock, number one. Now, that was a mouthful, right? Okay. It's Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock. I believe there's going to be an Infinity Countdown, uh, Star Lord number two, and this, that, and the other. Let me see. I, I'll double check myself on that. Um, no, the next one's going to be Infinity Prime. Okay, so it's going to be Infinity Countdown Prime. Okay, uh, this is by um, Peter Dugan, Gary Dugan, and. Michael Allred. All right. Now, Michael Allred has done, he's done a lot of stuff. Um, it's a very comic booky, And I'm sure that uh, when, when Casey puts up the, the screenshot of what the art looks like, you'll see exactly what I mean. Now, if you're not familiar with Adam Warlock, you should be. And here's why. He's coming to the MCU. Uh, you may have heard him talked about in Guardians or like fans talking about Guardians like, a lot of people thought they seen the cocoon in the collector's museum and guardians of the galaxy. James Gunn said that was not Adam Warlock, but then guardians two, we, we actually see the cocoon and the perfect human being. And it is Adam Warlock. Now the big thing about Adam Warlock is he was the keeper of the soul gem. It was actually, he didn't have a soul, so this gem gave him his soul. Now, what this book kind of does is, it, it's a great introduction to Adam Warlock because it kind of takes you through his history and his fight with Thor, which a lot of people didn't know about, his uh, interactions with Thanos, the high evolutionary. It, it's really cosmic stuff at its best, and it was some stuff that I'd even forgotten but in this issue, he meets up with Kang, and Kang is a time traveler. He's an Avengers uh, adversary from way, way, way back, and it has ruined a future timeline. So Kang has went and grabbed Adam Warlock and said, you are the only one that can stop this. So Adam agrees. Kang sends him back to a moment in time where Kang is a lot younger, and he knows that Adam is coming and he is preparing Adam to do what he needs to do to stop this catastrophe. Now, Kang is a fucking villain. Can we trust Kang here? But what Kang is also, what, I, what he also does is he's a survivor. And if he needs help preventing a timeline that erases him as the ruler of everything, then yes, he could possibly be telling the truth. But uh, there's a real cool shot in here. Yeah, that's some of the art. That's him talking to Kang. There's a, there's a, if, if, you, if you can, Casey, see if you can find the, the page where Kang is in his, um, his trophy room. That, that was really cool. Like, okay, 
the panel, this panel, the panel right to the left of it. If you go down, you'll see uh, it looks like maybe Angel with his wings. You'll see Doctor Doom's helmet. Um, that's Machine Man's head hanging. Like Kang has all these trophies. Um, I'm not sure what the trophy is up here, but th- those are some really cool shots. He's got a couple other ones where it shows Captain America's shield. Um, so yeah, so Kang, Kang's a bad dude, man. And if this is something that he can't take care of, then he's going to need some help. So infinity's in approaches is, is what they're calling it. So I'm really curious to see what happens. They're obviously, um, this is going to be a pretty, pretty big event. Yeah, it's a one, two, three, four, five. Six. It's over 10 issues. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's the good one. Yeah, like you got Wolverine up here and the Weapon X. Um, that looks like a, or a, a celestial head right there. You got Zorn, Magneto's helmet, a Sentinel. The Avengers, uh, the uh, Summer Sanctorum emblem right there from Doctor Strange. There's a looks like a celestial head back in the very background at the top. So, yeah, Kang has done a lot of stuff. So, but this is going to be a ongoing series. You got Captain Marvel, Infinity Countdown, Daredevil, Darkhawk, which we haven't seen in a long time, Black Widow, uh, a couple of Darkhawks, Champions, so, yeah, it's going to be pretty neat. Uh, now, there's probably going to be a different artist. I haven't looked to see who the artist is going to be on these books. But um, I, I liked it. And if you're not familiar with Adam Warlock, it gives you a really brief history and synopsis of who the guy is. I mean, he's not just some gold dude that runs around with a gem on his head. He's actually pretty pivotal uh, in the early days of the Marvel U. And he's coming to the MCU, guys. So you're probably going to want to want to know who he is. It's not must read, so I'll give it. I'll give it a six and a half. It's only two ninety nine. Oh no, my God! It's not four ninety nine. Yeah, it's probably a pass, guys. Honestly, um, unless you like the cosmic shit, like my man in the chair, Casey. He loves the cosmic stuff. He's gonna want to read it. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't spend five dollars on it. But still, six and a half uh, is is the rating on it. All right, now book that. I know I catch a ton of shit on this show for liking, and I ain't figured it out yet, but Walking Dead. Oh, I was going to put it up show you, but I'm not. Walking Dead 176 by Robert Kirkman. Um, yeah, Robert Kirkman. The last issue that, yes, there it is. Um, this chick right here that you're looking at, huge, huge cunt. Well, she starts out as a cunt, but she kind of warms up. I can't say cunt anymore, can I? Uh, Twent, I think Twent is the, um, hey, Marcos, what's up, buddy? Glad you can make it. Uh, Marcos from Collector's Zone, everybody, um, is in the chat now. Thanks for joining in, Marcos. I'm talking about your favorite book, pal. You, you right in time. You, you did it right in time. The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, she's not a cunt. She's a Twent. I think that's the, the political correct term uh, that we're using now is Twent. It's kind of like twat and cunt. But anyway, um, last issue big big reveal of somebody in the group and when i say group i mean the rick michonne eugene group uh that's still surviving in the comic book not the show now the comic book and uh we found out that one of that group has a loved one that is in this new community these on this cover here these are people from the new community 
Um, they're being vetted by this group. Now, what's what's funny about this is is this person that has found out that she has a loved one in this community more than likely. She's like, just take me to her. Just take me to her. And they're like, nope, nope, nope. You've got to be vetted. You've got to be vetted. Uh, we're not, we just don't let anybody in here, which you can kind of understand. So this person uses really, really amazing restraint while this chick gives her the, the, the lowdown. And they're so fucking pompous. It's like, yeah, we did it. We got civilization back. Now, I want to say a buddy of mine today was like, you know, the Walking Dead is kind of the same thing. It's we find this group of people. Uh, we're running from zombies. We're looking for safety. These, these people suck. We kill them or we move on. Here's another group of people. It's kind of like the same plot recycled. You're right. It is in a way. But this is what I've always liked about Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman, he can nail, just like he did in Oblivion Song, he nails human emotion. And like you can totally see a group of elitists which I'm sure these people are, that have reformed society. Hey, look what we did. You won in, don't you? And Michelle flat up tells her, hey, I'm interviewing you as much as you're interviewing me right now. And the reason they choose Michonne is because they go to the other ones, like they go to Eugene. What did you do before the fall? And he goes, oh, I was a science teacher. Nope, not good enough. They ask the princess, which is a new character. She's fantastic. You're going to love it. They ask her, what did you do before the fall? She's like, oh, I did all kinds of stuff. I was a barista. I worked in retail a lot. Nah, you ain't good enough either. They asked Michonne, what did you do before the fall? Well, I was an attorney. I had my own practice. That'll do. You need to talk to this chick. And this twint right here is who she talks to. Okay. So in uh, this whole interaction that they have, it's just fantastic. And you you know what's going on in the background and you can kind of see where this is going. Now, I will I will agree with Casey on one thing. If it ends up being Rick and him taking these guys out, I don't think it's going to happen because they these guys have military background. These two guys behind her, there are there's an army. This this community has an army of people. They're all dressed like this. They run into a herd when they were getting Michonne and Eugene and them to this community. They ran into a herd, guys, not a few zombies, a herd. And these dudes were like JSOC. They were in formations, taking people out, helping each other reload. I mean, we know Rick and them are, are, are military combatants, right? They, they know their shit. They've, they've had some time in combat. These dudes are badass. Rick and them don't want none. You better poison their food or something because you ain't taking them one on one. I mean, they slaw they they actually divert the 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 shit, the herd, let them these guys get away, and then they come back later and they're like, Oh, you guys made it. Like, and he's like, Yeah, we made it. We're gonna take like, yeah, motherfucker, we made it. So yeah, this this graphic he has up now, this is basically Michonne getting vetted by this twunt. And uh, it's it's just great. And you're just like, you want to choke this chick. But then she does kind of have a redeeming moment at the end of the story here uh, where she actually is helping somebody because she, too, kind of feels their pain. Um, and the end, the last page, just like the last issue, was fantastic. 
I got choked up. I'm not Kevin Smith. I don't cry all the time, but I got a little choked up. Not going to lie. I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Great, great fucking book. I can't say it enough. 8.5 for Walking Dead 176. Um, Guys, if you love the show, read the comic. That's all I'm going to say. Just read the comic. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Batman White Knight number five by Sean Murphy. For you guys that are new to comic books, you are going to be hard-pressed to find better than Sean Murphy as an artist. Now, what Sean Murphy can also do is write as well. He he did uh, uh, rock star, or see, Punk Rock Jesus. He, he wrote and illustrated that. It was a fantastic little, it was kind of like a mini-series. I think it was like maybe six or seven issues of it. I believe it won Comic of the Year that year. It's been a, f- a few years ago. And this is the first thing he's he's written and illustrated uh, himself. Basically, this is a, what we call an Elseworlds Batman tale. And what I mean by that is it's not in our DC universe. It's kind of in another one. And in this universe, the Joker, who hey, was still the Joker, that was he was killing people and everything else, He had been redeemed or reformed, and now he's trying to do do good by Gotham City, and he's so smart and so charismatic, he's actually doing it. He's actually, he's turning Gotham against Batman because of some stuff that Batman and the GCPD have done on the down low, and he is exposed to the taxpayers. They're very upset about it. And to be honest, Batman's kind of lost his shit a little bit. So it's a it's a different take on Batman. And Casey, if you want to find you, you can pick whatever page you want. It really doesn't make a difference because they're all gorgeous. Um, like the splash page that we used the other day in the, when we were testing OBS out would be probably fine. This this issue here, there there are there are two Harley Quinns, and this is the part of the story I just don't like yet. There's two Harley Quinns. One of them has become uh, Neo Joker. Like, puts Mr. G back. And he's like, I'm not coming back. Uh, And also, it should be noted that uh, the Joker is taking these pills that are, I guess, suppressing his, uh, the homicidal maniac in him. Okay. And also, it comes out in this issue that these pills are also steroids. So he takes off his shirt in one in one panel, and yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, he, I mean, just the detail and the way he uses ink and shadow—it's just—it's fantastic. But Joker's taking these pills that are also steroids. So here's a scene where Harley is teaching him how to fight, and he takes his shirt off, and he's fucking shredded, and he's like, well. I've kind of got a leg up on Batman because these pills I'm taking are also steroids. So I'm like, and we don't know anything about these pills. The story made you think that he just kind of happened on these pills. I don't think that's going to be the total tale of the story. Now, what we also find out in this book is Clayface is going to have a bigger part in this story because people are being controlled. Supervillains are being controlled and they don't know why yet. Now, Batman is still Batman now. Even though he's losing his shit a little bit, he's still the detective. 
So, and he is dead set on the Joker is not redeemed. The Joker is not out for the good of Gotham. It's all a part of his long con game. And what sucks is, is no one's got Bruce's back. Gotham City's turned against him. Gordon has turned against him. Robin, Batgirl, all turned against him. So, and Batman will not work with them. Like, fuck it. Y'all have made your line. I'm, I'm not coming over there. I'm doing things my way, which is just getting Batman in more and more trouble. I'm not sure. Let's see. If this is five of eight. So we've got three more issues. This issue was kind of the coasting issue in a way. That's the variant cover. And that's actually Duke. He is, uh, that's the Duke in this universe. He is like a, 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 a JSOC Marine that uh, has taken the west side or the bad side of Gotham kind of under under his, his uh, wing and is kind of sided with the Joker in trying to rehabilitate Gotham, okay? Because no one else would really listen to him. So uh, really cool character. Um, and there's a couple other really cool characters that get just a little bit of time. But this issue kind of idles. The story's been great, and, and you guys know. You, you, you see me review this book all the time, or the last four issues. It's been fantastic. It's been maybe my book of the week the month it came out, but or the week it came out. But this one kind of coasts for me. Uh, still great art, but there was nothing breathtakingly revealed in it. Yeah, look at this. This is, I mean, this is just, be- I mean, look at the detail. And I love, look at menacing. Batman is. He's like, stark. I love it. I mean, Sean Murphy's a fantastic writer. He needs to write more stuff. I mean, look at that. That's just beautiful, dude. Uh, he's got the blood on his hand still, the blood on his mouth where he was just in a fight. He's just, uh, it's just, it's great. Um, but again, the story, just a little subpar. I'm going to give it a seven. It's actually the lowest I think I've given any of these books. But at, for an eight issue series, you're going to have a book like this, okay? Probably, more than likely, unless you're just, this is like the best, one of the best series I've ever read, which Doomsday Clock is kind of kind of gearing up to be that for me, uh, which hopefully will be out next week. So we'll get to talk about Doomsday Clock. That'd be awesome. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, big shock for everybody. What my pick of the week is. I, I, well, no, it's not my pick of the week. All right, we're going to do this one. We're going to do this one. Then we'll do the next one. Um, Okay, Batman 40, okay, by Jolie Jones and Tom King, all right? And this is what has happened. Last issue, Batman and Wonder Woman had promised a a warrior named the Gentleman that is fighting hordes of demons, the the everlasting horde. They say it a hundred times in this book almost. The horde is everlasting. It, there's always waves and waves and waves of demons coming. So what we found out last issue is time moves a little different this dimension. Batman and Wonder Woman, the gentlemen had helped them on a Justice League mission uh, in a, one of the Justice League comics, and they promised him they would give him a break because he's there for eternity. He takes them up on it. He goes and visits his wife. So Batman and Wonder Woman go into this dimension to, to battle the demons. What they didn't realize was there is 
a difference in time, how time passes. I believe one day equals 10 years. I believe that's what it was. Uh, basically, Batman and Wonder Woman were over there for almost 30 years together. Okay. The last issue, I think it had been 10 years. They're at a fire. They get like little bitty interludes or breaks between hordes. And it really looked like Batman and Wonder Woman were going to probably get it on. Which, if you're with Gail Godot in a cave and you don't think you're ever going back home, Will, I don't give a shit who you are. Well, spoiler alert, Batman doesn't. And he professes his love for Selena Kyle and Wonder Woman. The same for Trevor, Steve Trevor. So they don't. And they they respect each other's opinion or their decision. And they tell each other, if we ever get out of this, we're staying true to this. And they're like, that's cool. Let's go fight demons. And they do. So Cat finds this out. And she's tripping balls. Look, you're going to go meet your wife. And then you're getting my fiance out of there. He goes, he meets his wife, which it's only been a year. Yeah, that's this is that's a great shot of them to uh, try not to try not to, you know, do it. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm five years old. Like, oh, they're gonna do it. Oh God, they're gonna do it in the cave. Um, but yeah, so that that doesn't happen. And uh, Catwoman's like, you got you you get to talk to your wife for a little bit, and then we're you're getting them out of there. You're getting them out of there. And he, for the most part, does. Uh, it's it's a it's a really and like Tom King's really good at human emotion too. He does a really cool like, like you want the gentleman to stay. You're like, oh man, but then again, you realize that, you know, if you're Catwoman, you're like, what the fuck? No, a minute here is like a week there. Get him out. So, uh, and there's kind of like a little, they go, they have a little fight. Like, gentlemen ain't ready to leave. Selena's like, you're leaving. And they have a little fight. He's like, dude, I fight hordes of demons for eternity. I'll fight the cat, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, it's, 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 a it's, it's a cool story, man. It really is. Uh, and at the end, of course, you know, there is an end and we get, we get Wonder Woman and Bruce back. But it's so cool to see them breaking. And Wonder Woman and Batman are breaking. Let's, let's make no mistake about it. There's a scene, there's a panel where Batman's like, I give up. Like, I can't go on. And then she's like, I can't go on either, but we can go on together. And they do. So really cool. I always I always. Batman and Wonder Woman to be together anyway. So I was like, yeah, they're going to do it, do it, do it. And they didn't. So that's cool. Uh, of course, he's a hero. He's not going to why he's engaged, which sucks. Oh, uh, my rating. Yeah, I'm going to say, oh, God, I loved it, man. I just love this. I love Tom King. I really do. Um, that's a fucking cool cover. I haven't even seen that cover. Where'd you find that one at? That looks fucking good. I'd have bought that. That looks really, really good. Oh, that's another thing. Uh, Jolie Jones, fantastic art. I mean, makes like you've seen in that panel there, makes Wonder Woman beautiful, uh, makes the action great. So, yeah, been a very nice uh, change of pace for uh, Jolie Jones. 
Um, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, is that, is that Copal? If that's Copal, I'm buying that. Like, that looks good. I love that. That's great. Good story, guys. I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to give it, a, oh my God. I'm going to give it a, I want to give it an eight. But I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Um, just because of the ending, it's just, just a tad bit anticlimactic. I wish there had been a bigger conflict on opening the portal. Like, say, I don't know, the Penguin shows up or Bane shows up, and which here I kicked Bane's ass, so it had been somebody else. But, like, and then they, they were trying to get the portal. I don't know. I'm not a writer, obviously. But Tom King did a great job. That's a great book. Um, okay, two more books I want to talk about really, really quick. Uh, somebody in the chat has asked me for weeks now to read Sacred Creatures. I did. I read it online. Uh, issue number one. Um, really, really cool. Especially if you like biblical stories. And I, I've only read one issue, but I take it that this family, this makeshift family is, uh, they're like, let's see, is there seven? Yes, there's seven. And it's really, really cool. And, uh, this kid up here in the right hand corner, uh, in the background, like behind the city, that poor bastard. I mean, for whatever reason, I'm sure we'll find out he was picked to do something for this group. And it is just, you feel so bad for this kid, but he kind of chooses to do it because he's basically working for the devil. It's really, really cool. I'm not familiar with this writer, this Pablo Ramondi, Ramondi. I'm not really sure what he's done in the past. But Klaus Jansen, I've, you know, he was, um, he's been a great artist for many, many a year. Um, he's inked some books that have been fantastic too. So, but the artwork is really good. The story's fantastic. Dialogue is excellent. This little kid down here at the bottom, that creepy fucker, he is, he will creep the fuck out of you. And if you don't think Damien from the Omen, you ain't thinking because that's who that kid reminds you of. Uh, so cool. Uh, just real quick, because I don't want to give away a lot, because there's a lot to give away in this in this book, because it's very very dense, a lot of dialogue. Uh, but it's all worth it. Trust me. But there's a scene where this little kid is talking to our our hero up here in the corner, or I guess he's our hero up here in the corner, and he's got, he's got these two dudes with him, and he's like he's doing a Rubik's cube, and he's like. Yeah, I can't figure this out. I tell you what, one of you two figure it out, and I'll give you back one of your books. Whatever the hell that means. These two dudes start beating the dog shit out of each other to get this Rubik's Cube to get it finished. Well, the, the older dude wins the fight. Now, the whole time him and this guy are talking, and this little kid's telling him. He's like, oh, you want this to happen again? I can make that happen, but you got to do something for me. I mean, he's talking like a little adult, which is creepy. Little kids that act more mature than they are are creepy as fuck to me anyway. I'm always like, who the fuck are you? Like, you're a little demon. Get the fuck out of here. But anyway, oh, Ramadi. Okay, thank you. Uh, yeah, okay. My man in the chair said Ramadi is the writer artist. Jansen's on the inks. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes more sense because Jansen, Jansen, Jansen is an uh, inker. 
Um, yeah, well, that's that's really fantastic. Then this this Pablo guy, he's got the chops, man. Uh, Y'all need to check this out. It's it's a very it's not superhero based at all. It's very um, you know grounded. I say grounded, very biblical as as Jason uh, Jones described it to me. But yeah, no, Jason, that's a that's a good call. This is a great book. I'm really really excited. I think there's five other ones or six other ones to read. So I'm really curious. Uh, and like, yeah, it's just good guys. Just check this out. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. This first issue was eight and a half for me, which for a first issue, this is the thing about first issues. It's really, really quick. First issues got to grab you. Like we've talked about some of the prices today, right? $4, $5, $8. Dude, it's expensive. Okay. So if you're only going to get a couple books and, and you want to take a chance on sacred creatures, then by God, you take a chance on it. It's got to grab you to where you go. Yeah, I gotta find out what happens in the story. This does that. So eight and a half. Uh, you know, to me, that's a must buy or a must read. Um, it's just so cool, and I can't wait to see what happens next. So really, really cool. Sacred creatures. Eight and a half. It's the Blazing Defender Report. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Uh, I don't have it to show you because Diamond which is the distributor for a lot of comic book shops, shorted our comic book shop, or I take that back. They didn't short them. It was uh, all the, all the comics were damaged, but I did get a chance to read one online. Uh, it's Avengers 680. Casey, my man in the chair will tell me and he will put it up. He will put the graphic up, but <clears throat> guys, this Avengers story arc for the last four this is thank you 679 god damn it i was close 679 this is why you read superhero comics this no surrender story arc has been fucking fantastic and this is what makes it so cool uh mark wade has done a fantastic job of juggling all these heroes all these villains all right very quick synopsis of this book you've got the games, the game master or grandmaster, no games master, and this guy called the challenger. And Casey's going to put the graphic up of the challenger. We'd seen this is the first time we seen in like three issues or four issues. Is this issue here? We finally seen him. He looks badass. Okay, he is one of the Eternals of the universe, kind of like in the movies with uh, the Collector. And if you've seen Thor Ragnarok, that's the game master. That's this purple guy that you're going to see here in a minute not this one the other guy but look how bad that dude looks that's the challenger now come to find out this issue is the origin of him and the, the games master okay so and and it's cool because these names that they have their titles that can be one which is new this is new for the the marvel universe okay we didn't know this before but this story sheds light on that uh we don't get a lot of avengers um it this is kind of like i guess they call this issue taking a break from that storyline but it adds to the story because you're learning now who this challenger is and you know earth um if you in case if you would go back to the cover like you see the that's the human torch 
basically exploding. Okay, and the game is he has Thanos's uh, generals, uh, the Lethal Legion. Okay, which is very, very, they're very cool. Like, I'm dying to know more about the Lethal Legion. So, the Human Torch here on the cover, there are these game pieces that need to be retrieved. Okay, and this one was in Peru, and the Human Torch sees it and goes and grabs it. Okay, he explodes, or so you think he explodes. Uh, the Black Order got the first game piece, and it was Black Dwarf who grabbed it, and it looked like he exploded. As the as you turn the page, you realize that they're not dead. They're basically in like some type of suspended animation. The gamesman is taking them off the board. Okay, the Grandmaster is taking them off the board, out of play. Earth is basically the 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 board, the the chess board, if you will. And the Avengers were obstacles for the Lethal Legion and the Black Order. Well, now the game has changed because Human Torch grabbed the second game piece. They now have a point. Black Order has a point. The Avengers have a point. Lethal Legion have no points. So it's just, it's cosmic goodness at its best. You've got Avengers. You've got Black Order, which are one of my favorite villains. And now you've got this Lethal Legion. And now you've got this Challenger dude. It's fucking fantastic. And the artwork is gorgeous. It's one of the uh, one of the best on the stands right now other than like somebody like uh, Sean Murphy, of course. But on the Marvel, in the Marvel bullpen, um, it's fantastic, this artwork. Yeah, look at this. Yeah, this is, this is them. Uh, like it says up here in the corner, he's gone. But this is Black Dwarf in the background, and this is the Human Torch. And you can see they're in this blue and red amber, which that's the color of that team, and this will be the Avengers color, I guess. So, Casey, show them another, another shot, if you will, another, another cool shot so they can see some of, the, some of this fantastic artwork. I believe there was a shot of like something exploding, uh, which looked really cool. It's just uh, – this is a great book to get into, guys. You're going to have uh, – and what's, this is also cool because, like, the last four issues, yeah, here we go. Yeah, this is talking about Earth. He's like, I didn't choose Earth because it was easy. So I'm choosing the chessboard of all chessboards. And it's the world that tamed the phoenix, that uh, defeated Thanos, that changed the nature of Galactus. Like, dude, the Earth is this shit, motherfucker. If we're going to play a game, this is where we're playing it. So very, very cool stuff, man. Uh, and again, the art just looks beautiful. And uh, this is what I was going to say before the graphic popped up. Every issue has been from the viewpoint of, of another Avenger. Like one of them was basically from Rogue. The second one was from uh, uh, Pedro or Quicksilver. This one was from the viewpoint of the Human Torch. So really, really cool writing style. That just immerses you into this story. It's great shit, guys. I'm not going to lie. Pick of the week. It's a 9-2 nine, nine easily. Could probably go a 9-5. Um, this one was, I just love, even, and this is kind of a break. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on here? Like, see, this, this we don't even know about yet. Like, what is going on in New Mexico? Um, oh, the Hulk's coming back. 
Wow. Very, very good. I like that. So what is this tale up here then? Where's in the ruin in this panel it says in the ruins of the mount? What is that? Like I thought it looked like Nightcrawler's tail at first. I'm like, no, I don't know what that is. I'm sure Casey will tell us here in a second. But yeah, I like that because of the green back here. I have no idea, but Grand New Mexico being talk smash. Absolutely. Yes, man. Green in New Mexico means Hulk smashes. Dude, this is a great book. I, I mean, like, there are books that come out and storylines like Doomsday Clock is one that I get fucking excited for when I see it on the shelves. Avengers, and uh, is, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Casey, but is Avengers coming out twice twice a month? Or is it, it's not weekly, it's bi-weekly. Is that right? So, I mean, for something to be that that good coming out that quick, that typically doesn't happen, guys. Um, I'm sure Casey will tell us in chat like what, what the release date's on. It, it seems like every week. Oh, Jason. Thank you, Jason. It, this book is coming out every week, okay? And I believe it's $2.99, which is the cheapest comic book, one of the cheapest comic books you'll find. Uh, $2.99 for a book like this with the writing, the art, the action, the story. Fucking amazing, guys. It really, really is. All right, guys. That's all I got for you, man. Um, my throat's starting to starting to lose it. I can tell. I'm starting to lose my throat. Uh, but, guys, thank. I want to thank everybody in the chat. It was cool. Let me know what you think about the layout, man. Um, Casey was my man in the chair. Big shout-out to Casey. Big round of applause for him. He did a fantastic job. Thank you, Casey. Um, he's going to show me how to do all this, so it's probably going to be really fucked up when I go on my own. But <clears throat> I dig it. I, this is kind of what I've been wanting for the show. Uh, we can do a lot more stuff with it. Uh, I'll get more proficient. That's how you learn, man. You fuck shit up. And uh, trust me, I should have learned a lot. But, yeah, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, again, thank Casey. I want to thank everybody in the chat. It was great. Um, give me your feedback, man. You like the OBS? Let me go back to the telephone and Facebook. I can do that, too. Uh, whatever you guys want, man, I do it for you all. But check out some of these comic books. Uh, Sacred Creatures was a really, really great find. Uh, the Walking Dead's been great. This Avengers, you know, it, to me, 2018 is going to be a pivotal year for the comic book market. And when I say that, I mean, not just for the movies. I think the movies are going to be fine. But for, for comic book retailers, guys, this is the shit that the where this is where the, the movie makers get their ideas at. The Black Order that you're going to see in Infinity War all came from a comic book that came out a couple years ago. Okay? Um, you know, this Challenger dude, we may see this motherfucker in the MCU. He may be right there with games, the, the Grandmaster and uh, Tavar, Tannis, uh, the Collector. I don't know. what's. Oh, here we go. A little shout-out for what's coming out next week. Out of Time Part 1 with Captain America. Cap is frozen in ice again. What the fuck is going on? And you can see he's got these people like bent down around him. Really curious to see what's going on with that. Um, Mark Wade and Chris Samney have, have just killed it on this book. It is is it's fantastic. I mean, he suflexed a cheetah last issue. Captain America fucking suflexed a cheetah last issue. I mean, it's it's great. 
So you're going to want to check that out. Uh, it's like one of the best things on, on the on the market right now. What else is coming out, man? The chair. You have anything else? Or you just want me to you just want me to talk about <laughs> Captain America? <laughs> Casey Casey wanted to be the man chair. I kind of wanted him to come on and co-host, but he wanted to see how it would go. Oh, thank you, Marcos. Marcos is digging the upgrades. I got nothing else. You know what I love. Yes, you're you and me both, buddy. Uh, we're me, Casey and I are both big Captain America fans, and this this series here has just been it is is what Captain America fans have been wanting after the last two years. Seems like the last decade of of uh, the Nick Spencer uh, Hydra Cap bullshit. So. Um, Oh, thank you, Debo. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I, I I figured you guys would love it. I'm glad you do. It's it's going to stay. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure out the nuances, and Casey's gonna teach me some more stuff about it. But it's 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 here to stay, definitely. So yeah, guys, we got Cap uh, six ninety eight next week. I'll have more shit for you. Probably have some news to talk about. I'm gonna get you caught up on all the nerd shit uh, for the week. So just. Tune in right here. If you haven't turned on the notifications to the Blazing Defender Report, do that. That way you get a notification when I go live. Uh, I've been trying to create an event to let you know. Uh, so maybe you can plan to be here. But if not, you're just scrolling through the page and you see I'm live. Jump in, say hi. Uh, like Andrew would. He would hit a bunch of frowny faces or whatever. It's all good, guys. But that's all I got for the show again thank you everybody and i'll see you next week blazing defenders out peace